0: purple
1: I have blood of the eldest gods shall reach 16 against all odds and see the world in endless sleep
0: the hero's soul and cursed blade shall Welcome to another spectacular, juicy episode of Olympus Radio. My name is Lucas, son of Hermes.
1: And I'm Haley, daughter of Aphrodite.
0: How are you today? I swear to God.
1: What? I wasn't going to. (laughs) I know, but I... Okay? My
0: subconscious mind just gonna leave it alone. Just
1: keep this in here. I'm fine. How are you? We're both tired. We've had long days at work. We even left early and it a long day at work.
0: Yeah, we had some technical difficulties. We had to... Fix. but we're here
1: we are here and, and we're, we're queer, queer. We're, we are queer yes
0: yeah. yeah we are
1: I identify as lesbian
0: I identify as a unicorn
1: that oh <laughs> I did not that was a left turn I did not exactly <laughs> expect that whoa alright <laughs> so let's get to this any I don't think there's any Percy Jackson news
0: not this week not this week not this week But uh, I, any news about you any updates that you have
1: My niece and I just blew through The Lightning Thief and The Sea of Monsters. We just finished Sea of Monsters. Wait a minute, it's
0: like the second day. The first day you blew over the first book.
1: Yeah, we tore through it, and then we just tore through. So you're doing a book a day? (laughs) I mean, generally, what we'll do is we'll end up like reading a few chapters, like ten chapters at night, and then we'll (laughs) just like finish the next day.
0: But that's not fair though, because Percy Jackson books roughly tend to be like twenty chapters long.
1: Listen, it's better her listening. And you know, I, it's fun because I do the voices for the uh, characters too. So like for Tyson, I was doing like a Tyson voice and like... We what just would g-
0: Tyson t- sound like? like well, hey, I
1: c- <laughs> 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 Not really. I do like, sea pony bad. Something like got that. Got it. And, Say like, no. Do- Dr. Thorne, we just hit uh, the Titan's Curse and he's French. He's got a French accent.
0: Wait. So I'm doing like a Lafayette book. Doing with their book.
1: Yeah. So we started reading The Titan's Curse, and
0: uh, and I started doing a French accent. Book a day.
1: Pretty much. It's it's pretty much.
0: That's a lot. Yeah. I could barely finish a book within a week.
1: But I'm pretty excited. I mean, it keeps her. It keeps her with her face out of her phone or her tablet or her TV, which Which she literally does all day. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. And it's quality time. So. Um, I do want to say before we start, before we get to the summary and then to the, the chapter, this chapter has two mythology breakdowns in it.
0: Yeah. So just right off the bat, we're just going to set it off. These mythology breakdowns contain strong languages and scenes.
1: Infant side.
0: Um, mutilation.
1: Uh, talk of suicide as well. as Murder. Definite murder. Um, dismemberment as well
0: any any strong content like that that are not suitable for children your discretion is advised
1: yeah and not just that um the one the first one is a little bit longer but this chapter we have two mythology breakdowns and next chapter we have none
0: so we're kind of countering it all so
1: it balances out yeah i just wanted to throw that out there before we before we started yes 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 all right.
0: All right. So summary, go. All right. So So, what happened in chapter four? I'm going to make this really quick. <laughs> all right. Okay. Challenge accepted. Last
1: chapter. Mm. Grover showed up. Mm. Percy, Sally, Grover get in a car and they start running away from something. What? We don't know yet. We then, don't know. All of a sudden, a lightning bolt blasts them off. Suspicious. Petty, and... Oh, you said petty? <laughs> I, said I said suspicious. Oh, neither are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Grover's a lump. They get out of the car. The entire time. Percy finds out it's the Minotaur! The
0: Minotaur!
1: That is chasing them. And he tries to attack Percy, misses, attacks Sally.
0: Turns it into gold, yellow dust. Oh, well, not technically gold, but yellow dust.
1: It's a light. And oh, he... it's a light! Yeah, oh, it's like God, a light. I forgot about that. He turns to dust. Oh, the Minotaur. The Minotaur. The Minotaur. Uh, Percy ends up completely hulking out. Ripping off its own horn, killing the Minotaur with it, gripping up Grover, taking him down to the valley where he sees the big house, and then literally falls unconscious, saying pretty much with a pretty blonde girl and a familiar face standing over him talking.
0: That which we don't know who she is yet. Uh-uh. Annabeth. <laughs> All right. All right. So, let's go get some tater tats. All right, all right, let's dive in this chapter. Right now, we're doing chapter five. I play pinnacle with a horse. All right, it's all in the chapter. It's all in the title. For those of you that have read, you know where we're at. And for those that have not read with us, enjoy the journey. Okay, <laughs> we're going to start chapter five.
1: With Lucas's easy listening podcast voice.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> roughly... And mind you, please bear with me because I do this as I go. Every episode, I try to um, change it up my summary, yeah. see which one, how <laughs> it fits me.
1: So it's a learning curve for both of us.
0: Yes. So I try to do things differently within every episode. So this episode, I'm gonna give you a very rough description of what Chapter Five, without actually giving too much away, but giving you insights. <laughs> Alright, so chapter 5 roughly begins with Percy slipping out of consciousness, having dr- dreams about bar- bar- barn animals trying to kill him and eat him. Oh. Or kill him and then also eat food? Hmm. I guess. He has. He explains in the chat that he's what he wakes up several times, and but he's the stuff that he sees and hears makes no sense to him. Like he remembers being like lifted into a soft bed. He remembers being spoon fed by some like by something that tasted like popcorn, but it was pudding. Mmm. Delicious. I don't like popcorn. Popcorn, me personally. So you don't like popcorn? No, I'm a nacho guy. Not- Nachos? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Every time I went to the movies, I always order nachos. I don't eat popcorn. I don't like it when it gets stuck between your teeth.
1: I mean, that's fair, but like I always, I like pretzel bites and popcorn, so, so you get the cheese. <laughs> what?
0: what was really, what was really cool about the, the pudding is that it tasted like warm buttered popcorn. And then there was a girl there, um, she was hovering over him, scraping the scrapes off the drips off his chin mind you she is described as having curly blonde hair we don't know who <laughs> she is yet <coughs> <laughs> Annabeth. but when she saw his eyes open she immediately asked him like what's gonna happen in the summer solstice and all he managed was to say like what and she replies back like come on like what was stolen What's going on? We only have a few weeks. But she stopped. And she was interrupted because she, she heard someone come in. And then that's the last time you see her. The next time you see Percy, he is fully awake and he's being guarded by Argus. We don't know who's Argus yet because he's, nobody says his name. But we all know who's Argus. Dude Does, with a, yeah, d- dude with a lot of eyes. Yeah. 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 He's got his
1: eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs>
0: but he finally came about like and he actually got to see his surroundings. He found that his surroundings wasn't weird at all. In fact, the people around him was the nicest people that he has ever been since he left Yancey. And that was cool. That was cool. That was the end of chapter 5.
1: Oh, all right. Well, everybody. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: wait. <laughs> <laughs> he found himself sitting on a big chair on a huge porch. Literally gazing across meadows and watching hills in the distance. The breeze in the book is, is so angelic. Because imagine sitting back and smelling strawberries the entire day. Like I don't get that. I don't get that smell. <laughs> oh,
1: oh. Okay, we're back. We're back.
0: Sorry, I was on the table next to him was this tall, mysterious drink that suspiciously looked like apple juice. With a green straw and a parasol. <laughs> a green straw and a parasol. But he was too weak to grab it. Every time he, when he went to go reach for it in the book, in the in the chapter, uh, I'm studying a lot. Bear with me, people. When he grabbed the drink, it almost slipped, and then he hears a familiar voice. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know who it is. It's Grover. But the thing is, Grover just strolls up in his casual clothes. He's wearing, in the, sc- in the book, he's wearing his blue jeans, Converse, Converse high tops, and a bright orange t-shirt that says Camp Half-Blood. And so, to Percy, he was like, okay, so it's my best friend, not a goat boy. So I must have had a dream last night. It must have been a fake minotaur. My mom is really alive, and we stopped in this weird campsite just to be, but he gets, he gets quickly interrupted by Grover. He's like, hey, man. You saved me last night.
1: <laughs> Why do you talk like Grover I like figure,
0: that? Because I figure Grover talks like that. Because <laughs> he's, he's, mm. Okay. Poor Grover. <laughs> so he's like, in the book, he's basically like, well, yeah, Um, you saved me last night. So the least I could do is give you this. So he gets, he puts, per. he puts a box on Percy's lap. And Percy opens it and guess what he finds? The Minotaur's horn that he ripped from his head last the 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 nights before, Yeesh. yeah. So the only thing that can that's like literally came to his to Percy's mind was that okay, so it wasn't a nightmare. Everything did happen. So he starts questioning Grover, saying saying, "Oh, the Minotaur," and then Grover tries to stop him by telling him like, "Hey, you shouldn't really say that." Names have power. <laughs> Names do have power. You you do find out, they do have. A lot of, a lot of power. A lot of power. Mm-hmm.
1: It's sad. It's scary.
0: Try saying Hera.
1: Oh God, no!
0: <laughs> so he tries to like tell Percy, hey, don't, don't, don't say that. And Percy's like, what? The Minotaur from the myths and the stories—you telling me they're true too? And you know, he just—it I mean. Mind you, it may not be described in the book that way, but that's how I took it. Yeah. He got snappy, got sassy. His New York <laughs> came out again. I mean, here's a kid waking up, and again, people are leaving him out of the, out of the blue. Oh, he, he still don't know everything. He just woke up in a strange place by a girl feeding him which like pudding.
1: I'd be fine waking up to no, that. No, not, not
0: in 2020. 20.
1: Oh uh, yeah, nine twenty. I keep forgetting that twenty twenty is it really be like that?
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and then Grover to stop Percy from saying Minotaur, he just shifts the conversation, and basically he's like, "Hey, you've been out for a couple of days now. Um, how much do you remember?" So he Percy immediately asks him like, "Is my mom really dead?" Like she don't really say dead, but it's like, "Is my mom really in?" He gives him that indication that, yeah, he dies by looking down and not looking at Percy. Yeah. Which is not a best friend act. I would have told you straight up in your face, yeah, your mom died. Yeah.
1: And you know what? I would have appreciated that. Yeah. I would have been sobbing in the corner, but I would have appreciated that. I would have given you an ice cream. Thank you. That's fine. You know what?
0: We're here. We're alive. See? <laughs> like <laughs> I... Best friend moves. Bro, for real. Best hell. friend moves. You're, not, you can't, you're my friend, but you can't be my friend enough to tell me, hey, my mom died. Right? Like, come on, bro. Like, can you imagine if you found that out later? And by someone else, right? Like great Ugh. best friend, bro, Ugh. best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, and then be
1: the best friends that anyone could have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he looks down. He, when Grover looks down, Percy gets a glimpse of the entire vicinity of the camp. He he looks and he sees the groves of trees. He sees the whirling stream, the acres of. Strawberry spread out under the blue sky he sees a he sees the valley was surrounded by rolling hills and and even he could even see from his from where he was sitting that he could see that the tallest hill the one that was holding the pine tree he could see it from a distance straight ahead from him
1: which the completely unimportant pine tree
0: the completely unimportant pine tree yeah until the very end of book too yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then here comes grover again he's feels really crappy about himself so he's like man i'm sorry i'm such a failure you know like i i failed i'm the worst cedar in the world <laughs> <laughs> which in my opinion like yo if I get it.
1: If you're going to do Grover's voice like that this entire series.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm over <laughs> Grover here. I'm over <laughs> Grover in this, uh, in this chapter because I understand that you failed, whatever you might believe, but your best friend lost his mother. And y'all been keeping everything from him in the dark. Not only did you fail, but you could have, like, stopped all of this from happening if you would have stopped Percy at the end of Gansy. Like, listen, I can't tell you enough, but just know that you are in trouble. Just know that if you leave my side tonight, you could die. Your mother could die. Without telling him anything about the Greek mythology. Yeah, there's many ways to tell somebody that. You're not wrong. You're <laughs> not wrong. So he, like, he, because he said that, and in the midst of him saying that, Grover, he curses the wind. He's like, oh, sticks! And then, <laughs> like, he he stomps so hard that his fake... Converse literally leaves him. Like, it it, it comes off. <laughs> and that kind of jumps Percy back into reality. It's like, oh, okay, well, my friend is actually a satyr. Okay.
1: He's not back to reality.
0: Don't do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which also kind of meant that, okay, so since my friend is a satyr, that means the Minotaur was real. And if the minotaur was real, that means that my mom really did get squeezed into light. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, she did. She did. Right in front of you.
1: Jesus.
0: Which kind of, like, bummed him out even more. He's like, crap. I am a orphan now. Who am I going to live? Smelly Gabe? Me, honestly. I would just leave and just change my name completely. And just bounce. What
1: would you change your name to? Eduardo. Okay. You and, came up You came up with that a little too quick.
0: Eduardo San Diego. I feel like you've been...
1: Where in the world is it's Eduardo San, San Diego? Diego.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no relations to Carmen. <laughs> Maybe partially.
1: Partially, yeah. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Maybe, She got some... <laughs> <laughs> she but, got some ethnic in her.
0: <laughs> she said, no, he, he basically protested. He's like, no way. I'm not living with Gabe. Fudge that. And... <laughs> I'm just going to be living alone on my own. But then he kind of looked at Grover and he's like, oh man, like my friend is really crying. Like my friend is really upset over his failure of bringing me over to the camps.
1: It seems like you, uh, Percy has more sympathy for Grover than you do.
0: I don't. I mean like look at the scale. Look Look what both of them lost. You, regardless if you failed or not, you completed your task. Yeah. Whether you were conscious for it or not. Because remember, after that Thunderbolt hit the car in the last um, chapter, it was over for him. Yeah. He wasn't even awake.
1: It's true.
0: Percy dragged him. So in one way, yeah, you did complete your mission.
1: But in so many other ways.
0: I don't know which part he failed at because in okay. retrospect, like, Sally was not the target. Sally was not the person needed to be saved. Yeah. She was expendable. I'm sorry to say that, but she was. She was expendable. Percy was the main objective. Was he not?
1: He was, yes.
0: Okay, then. Okay. So he tries to reassure him, like, hey, dude, it wasn't your fault, you know? And then he's like, yes, it was. And i was like, no, it wasn't, man. Did my mom ask you to protect me? He's like, no, but it's my job. I'm a keeper, bro. It's my job. I'm like, all right don't strain yourself. <laughs> Whatever. So he was gonna like protest back but instantly he his body basically telling him like yay you're not recovered. Calm down. He instantly felt dizzy. He lost half of his strength. He was gonna like lose consciousness too. But then Grover like reassured him like hey man don't strain yourself. So you see that cup over there? The same cup that we described? The, one well, the, the apple juice. Yeah. The yes. popcorn. So he helped him. By putting like with both of his hands putting the glass around Percy's hands and put the straw in his lips and instantly after Percy drank it not only did his body feel good but he recoiled at the taste because mind you this is an ice-cold drink that looks like apple juice and when Percy tasted it it instantly tasted like cookies like chocolate chip cookies but not just chocolate chip cookies warm Chocolate chip cookies. And on top of that, his mama's
1: Ooh.
0: chocolate chip cookie. So you already know. Mm-hmm. hmm hmm So, after he finishes the drinks, because he drinks it fast, he's like, hey, <laughs> Grover asks him, Grover Ax axis? asks? Asks. Asks.
1: It's, it's a hard
0: one, even for English speakers. It's <laughs> it's those
1: S's. Like, they really get you. Almost like you're talking parcel tongue. Ask <laughs> Open the Chamber of Secrets.
0: Well, Grover tells Percy, <laughs> Hey, man, how did it taste? And Grover, you know, at first, Percy's like, Oh, snap. I should have just gave him some. And he asks him, I'm sorry, dude. I drank it all. He's like, no. <laughs> Grover's like, no. That's not what I meant. I meant, how did it taste for you? What what was the flavor? Percy's like, hey, what's chocolate chuck cookies? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, cool. Um, How do you feel? And his description is priceless because he says, I feel like chucking Nancy Boba a 100 yards. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. (laughs) To be that strong (laughs) and to use her. Wow. I mean. She is the pivotal of everybody's hatred. She really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's stuff. (laughs)
1: Freaking Nancy
0: Boba Fett. Nancy Boba Fett. he says, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's good. That's good. I don't need you to drink. I don't, I don't, I can't risk you taking more of that stuff. He said, what do you mean? (laughs) But he interrupts and grabs the cup gingerly from Percy's hand and is like, come on, man. Mr. D and Chiron are waiting. So they get ready to walk and the porch in the book is described to be wrapped around the house. So when they get up, Percy's legs automatically feel wobbly. Feel, you know, he's been out for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So they walk down and he, he kind of starts noticing more features to the camp. Like, he notices that they, they, were, they, they were coming from the opposite end. And from where where Percy was standing, he could see the entire Long Island from where he was. It must have been the (laughs) north. It says, and I'm gonna read from the book real quick. (laughs) We must have been on the north shore of Long Island because this side of the house, the valley marched all the way up to the water, which glittered about a mile into the distance. Between here and there, I simply couldn't process everything I was seeing. And then he goes on by describing the landscape of the of the whole campsite, which is cool because he says there's like. A lot of ancient Greek architecture, like the open-air pavilion, the amphitheater, the circular arena. But except that they all look brand new. So imagine going to Rome. I know. I know it's Roman mythology. But imagine going to Greece, okay? Seeing their Greek stuff. But then seeing all of that stuff. Like the Temple of Athena, the real actual place. Mm -hmm. Imagine that whole thing.
1: It would be beautiful. Brand new. It would be beautiful. It would be gorgeous.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So he also sees, like, in the sand pit, he sees a dozen high, sc- high school age kids and satyrs playing volleyball. Percy also sees a bunch of kids in bright orange t-shirts, like Grovers, chasing each other around a cluster of cabins that is nested in the woods. You also see a bunch of kids playing target practice in the archery range. And he also sees uh, others riding horses on a wood trail, which he slightly suspects that these horses have wings because some of them actually do. We don't know what they are yet. Pegasus. <laughs> <Practices. laughs> so by the time he reaches, he reaches by the, at the end of the porch and he sees two men across from each other at a, a card table. He also sees the blonde girl who has spoon fed him. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: That he. <laughs> and that he's also described as, as pretty literally every time he's seen her. Oh my so Yeah. No, not yet. No, He, he saw her not on the porch and he said pretty. And then when. Uh, when he woke oh, from up, the last chapter. Yeah, from the last chapter. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. Then, and then when he woke up right before the summer solstice, it's like that pretty blonde girl was over me again.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. But he sees the blonde girl who spoofed him again, <laughs> Annabeth, um, <laughs> leaning on the on the on the porch rail next to them, and he's the man facing Percy is described as Porky. Okay, he had red nose, big watery eyes, and curly black hair so black that almost looked purple. <laughs> <laughs> Help me with this word cuz I can't say it. Um he also describes this man in the book as being one of those paintings of baby angels.
1: Oh my god, this is my favorite part. What are they? They're called cherubs.
0: Cherubs, They're
1: cherubs.
0: Oh my but- god, I used to say share cher- cherubs,
1: cherubs. Oh, that's adorable. Listen.
0: Oh man. <laughs>
1: No, I love that line, though, because it's like, what are they called? Hubbubs? No, every time I hit that line in the book, I laugh every single time. I was reading it to my niece, and I laughed.
0: But he also says that he looks like a Sherub who had turned middle age in a trailer park. Listen, this is the way I'm going to say it. It's fine. It's fine. He also is described as wearing a a tiger pattern um, Hawaiian T-shirt. And he looked like he fits in one of Gabe's poker games. But he also thinks that he could be... Gabe. Oh yeah for sure. And his friends. Under the table. Because nobody knows who he is yet. Yeah. Alright. And then throughout the, the whole interaction, Grover tells Percy, Okay, that's Mr. D, the guy that we just described. And it's like, Okay, the pretty girl over there, that's Annabeth Chase. She's a camper as well. Mm-hmm. And he also tells him, But you know Chiron. And at first it's like, No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Chiron is. Who the cheese is Chiron. <laughs> Hey, man, good save.
1: No, I thought you were going to be... I thought you were, like, doing it dramatically. Like, you were going to be like... Oh, it's Mr.
0: Brunner! I thought you were going to be,
1: like... Gasps in Spanish.
0: He didn't know who he was. <laughs> he couldn't really recognize it until he realized the wheelchair. And then he realized the tweed jacket. And then the straggly hair. Oh. The thinning brown hair and the straggly beard. And it was Mr. Brunner, a.k.a. Chiron. And all this man says is, like... Oh, good person! <laughs> Now that we have a force for pinocchio, Cole. I'm like, I'm okay, too.
1: Your voices for these characters.
0: <laughs> he I mean, he says by Mr. D, and then he, like, Mr. D already looks at him and he's like, well, oh, I suppose I'm gonna say it. Well, welcome to Camp Half-Blood. Boom, there, I said it. I was like, okay, thank you for the warm welcome, guys. Like, thank you. First of all, they have no right to be upset. They have no right. I mean, you're not wrong. Nobody. Percy literally says in the book, "Um, thanks." So he scoots a little, fr- a little way. Uh, he scoots a little bit further from him because in the book he says, "I can tell. Like, if I learn anything from living with Gabe, it's how to tell when an adult has been hitting the happy juice," which is funny. Because this is not his first encounter with alcoholic people. Yeah. And, and it gives you a little bit more of in depth of his abuse.
1: And it's like the re like what would be the reason for scooting a little bit further? It's because mm. you want to stay out of arm's reach of those people, which means I'm sure Percy's caught a hook.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like one hundred percent. If you're beating this kid up for change, and that's you sober.
1: Y- Maybe. Allegedly. We don't know if he was sober. We don't know what was happening <laughs> we beforehand. Don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know what he's imbibing before Percy got home. <laughs> Ugh. Disgusting people.
0: Oh, man. So, later on in this chapter, it continues by descri- um, Percy describing Annabeth. And Annabeth is described in the book as being probably his age, a couple inches taller than him, but more athletic athletic looking. With She also is described as having deep tan, and curly, blonde Blonde hair. hair. Movie. Please. Please. Dear Lord. Oh my God. To Percy's belief, he automatically thought that she was going to be another stereotypical California girl, except for her eyes. Because in the book, they are haunting. They, (laughs) 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 nah, nah, they're gray. Her eyes are gray. Like a storm cloud. Pretty, but intimidating. Mm Mm-hmm. So she analyzes him from the waist, like, from up and down. She gives
1: him the up and down? Yep. And she then bites she, her lip? And then she notices, no, oh, no. like,
0: no, well, I mean, <laughs> that's later on. Yeah, I
1: mean.
0: We don't know if she's the love interest, but she clearly is the love interest. But the, um, she glances at him up and down, and then she glances at the minotaur horn that he was holding, and then back at him. And then to him, to Percy, he was gonna be like, oh my gosh, she's gonna think I'm cool. She's gonna think that I killed a minotaur, that I'm amazing. And all she said was, Hey, yo, you drool when you sleep. And bounces. Like, she literally bounced away. Like, she ran. And he's like, oh, okay. But you know when people say, like, say a rebuttal? They're like, oh, okay. But it's too late because that person left. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was him. He was salty. He was salty. So he, he changes the subject by telling Mr. Bruner, hey, you working? He's like, uh, not Mr. Bruner. I'm Chiron. And, to be honest, Percy... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the heat. It's getting to us.
0: For real. Okay.
1: It's gonna get fixed, people.
0: So, Percy changes the subject by telling Mr. Bruner, Oh, you work here? And he's like, No, not Mr. Bruner. Right, my name is Chiron. So, he shifts us over to Mr. D. He's like, Mr. D, is that short for... Mr. D, however... I, I like Mr. D because he gives me a lot of Southern sass, like a comfort, like very, very articulated, very mean, but sassy.
1: Like, like the Kentucky Fried, like Colonel Sanders. But sassier. But sassier. And black hair. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) So like, imagine him just saying like.
1: Go ahead, do the accent. Go ahead. I dare you. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can't do it. Can yes, you? I can. Yes, I can. Do it.
0: Um, <laughs> when he's like, "Oh, is that stand, Mister D? What's that stand for? Is that stand for something?" And then Mister C stops shuffling his cards and looks at him, and it's like, "Young man, the names are powerful things. <laughs> you don't just go around using them for no reason." I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> it was a bad Southern accent, but it was good. You
1: know what? You tried. I tried. Yeah, I tried. Don't believe Yoda. There is a try.
0: And then Chiron basically tells him, like, you know, it's good to see you. Like, I must say, like, I'm glad that you're alive. It's been a long time since I've, like, taken a house call. And it's like, you're talking to this kid. Like, yeah, I've told him everything. Yeah. And he's like, what What are you talking about? So he basically explains to him in the book, like, yeah, you know, usually are the satyrs are the ones that keep it on the lookout. But... Since Grover met Percy, he alerted Mr. Bruner, and Mr. Bruner, forcing Mr. Bruner to convince the previous algebra teacher to take a quote unquote leave of absence. Crime junkies. We don't know what happened to this Latin teacher, but we need your help. Unsolved mysteries. Okay. The disappearance of the real Latin teacher. (laughs) So he's like confused. He's like, Wait, you came to Nancy to teach me? Nancy, Didn't I say Nancy? You said Nancy. Did I say Nancy? Yeah, Nancy. Well, we're leaving that in.
1: <laughs> Nancy Boba Fett. You came to <laughs> Nancy to teach me.
0: But he, he he reassures Percy. He's like, well, to be honest, not really, because I didn't know about you first. You know, there was a lot of...
1: Up in the air. Yeah, so,
0: and they even let him know that, oh, we contacted your mother and let her know that we're keeping an eye on you and see if you're ready for the camps. Once again... You're talking so casually to this kid, and this kid is like, "Um, okay."
1: <laughs> Mind <laughs> you, and I, 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 talk about this in the next chapter too, because I, I, have my notes done. Percy's mm-hmm. had literally, not just like, is he uninformed? He's had zero time to process anything. No, literally, this stuff is from happened the time that they the left,
0: other. um, Montauk. Yeah. To reviving.
1: No time to process anything. Go ahead.
0: So basically, our chap my part of the chapter finishes with Mr. D telling Grover, like, hey, are you ready to play or not? And he kind of shifts his attention to Percy. He's like, Do you know how to play pinnacle? And he's like, No, I'm afraid not. And then here we go again with a sassy attitude. He's like, <laughs> No, sir. Right?
1: There's no need to call me sir, professor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then, I'm going to read the last little paragraph from the chapter. So there. Well, he told me. It is, along, along with gladiator fighting and Pac-Man, one of the greatest games ever invented by humans. I expect all civilized young men to know the rules. And that ends my side of the chapter real quick. But before I just shift over to you. Yeah. Once again, you're talking to this kid. Like, he knows everything. And then this is the problem in every book series you every, read.
1: Everyone, where there's a kid with a prophecy about him. Or some magic or something. They always keep the kid in the dark.
0: Like, like it worked for... (laughs) If it didn't work for Harry Potter, and if it didn't work for the kids of a series of unfortunate events... If if it it didn't
1: work for The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel, the kids from (laughs) that book
0: series... For real. Like... (laughs) And if it didn't work for Katniss Everdeen, it's not not gonna gonna work work for for Percy. Percy. Jesus, please, continue. Just
1: tell him things. (laughs) All right. So... Percy, who's always asking the plot-relevant questions to, you know, further the plot along. But of course,
0: and a good show never <laughs> want to reveal the plot.
1: Yeah, no, no. But he asks, he's like, "Chiron, why would you travel just to teach me?" And Mr. D, kind of echoes his sentiment, like, "I asked the same question." Wait, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in the. the I asked the same question,
0: right? <laughs> right? Doesn't even look. Does he sound southern? <clears throat> and
1: Percy notices though, like after he says this, he notices that every time Mr. D, who's dealing the cards. Every time he deals a card to Grover, Grover mm-hmm. flinches, and Percy takes note of that. He's very perceptive in that way. And Kyron asks, kind of, what Sally told Percy. But all Percy knows is that his dad wanted to send him to this camp, but his mom was afraid to. And Mister D, continuing to be very helpful and a very knowledgeable individual, suggests, we're, u- we're
0: using air quotes, by yeah.
1: the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the amount of sarcasm in that sense could bury a nation. Um, <laughs> that parents wanting to keep their kids close is essentially how they end up getting killed. Getting well the kids killed. Yeah, it's a form I mean, of sheltering your child. It's it's annoying because it's like, you're right, but like chill.
0: Yeah, like, like you're also like not telling this kid everything. Yeah, so you barely told him that he's a god. Yeah, so, like <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of hinting. Your guys are hinting. You here. didn't
1: even. He didn't even really say it. He's just like. Names are powerful, my son. I say, I say, names are powerful.
0: Now try to bucket
1: a chicken for five ninety nine. Extra secret sour sound. Try the extra crispy for fifty cents extra.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Mister D, uh, so Kyron, uh says that there's too much to tell Percy, which is like, no, there, yeah, there is. So tell him everything. But my thing
0: is, that, okay, go and, ahead. We'll, and also,
1: yeah, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that the orientation video was not going to be sufficient. Which is like, there's an orientation video for Camp Half-Blood. Can I see that orientation video, please? See, when
0: I read that, I kind of, like, envisioned a retros, a very retro employee instruction yeah. video. <laughs> With
1: that, like, cheesy 80s music And in the, the instructors, like, so you want to be a camper <laughs> Half-Blood. <laughs> for Osha approved method of ha- washing hands at Camp Half-Blood. And it's like, so he finally looks at Percy, Kyron looks at Percy, and he tells Percy... Gods, the forces you call Greek gods are very much alive. And Percy sits and waits for, you know, Ashton Kutcher to kind of burst out and be like, you're on punked, But it that never happened. It never happened.
0: I mean, at this point,
1: it never happened. But so, so I'm going to read and he says, and Percy says, wait, I told Chiron, you're telling me there's such a thing as a God. Well, now, Chiron said, God, capital G, God, that's a different matter altogether. We shan't deal with the metaphysical. Metaphysical? But you were just talking about, ah, gods, plural. As in great beings that control the forces of nature and human endeavors. The immortal gods of Olympus. That's a smaller matter.
0: Wait, is that your voice for Chiron? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Are you dead. Serious? When I'm
1: reading the Addison, this is the voice that I use.
0: You will use your voice every time. Okay. <laughs> every time he's there. That is very sophisticated old English. I am here. <laughs> so smaller?
1: Yes, quite. The
0: gods we discussed in Latin
1: class. Zeus, I said. Hera, Apollo, you mean them? And Mr. D warns Percy what we've already covered, we've already even covered it in this chapter, names have power. But you're not
0: telling me nothing, bro. But Percy don't care. <coughs> no, at this point, no. He no-cur. If Harry Potter didn't care about saying Voldemort. Right? <laughs> <laughs> names have power, bro. So, <laughs> so he swears that they're
1: just stories, which is a level of denial hitherto unheard of. Wait. After seeing C-
0: you said hitherto unheard of in the same sentence? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hitherto unheard of after literally seeing your best friend with hooves and actually destroying the Minotaur firsthand. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the. Denial's not just a river in Egypt.
0: <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> the Nile River. Oh, Denial. God.
1: <laughs> so, Mr. D bristles at this. Uh. Even calling him by his full name, Perseus Jackson, and Percy doesn't tell anybody his full name.
0: The fact that he knows his f- f- real first, like, his yeah. real full name. His
1: legit name. And he he's rude, but he brings up a valid point. The science and knowledge of today will be scoffed at in the future by, by the mortals. Like, he's like, mortals will scoff at the future, like, in the future of the science that we have today. As yeah. just... Folklore,
0: Like, today's science doesn't use 1970s or 1960s. Because we've
1: evolved past it.
0: Even in terms of medicine, in terms of, like, finding, discovering new things all the time.
1: Exactly. But Percy notices something very specific about when he's talking, is that he separates himself from mortals, as if he's not one. And Percy decides he's not really in the Mr. D fan club, um...
0: The guy's been literally rude since he got...
1: Yeah, he's been nothing but rude and just really short and obviously hitting the happy juice a little too much. And Chiron really says it... (laughs) Chiron says it best. And I'm going to read from the chapter again. Um, Percy, Chiron said, you may choose to believe it or not, but the fact that immortal means immortal. Can you imagine for a moment, never dying, never fading, existing, just as you are, for all time, mm-hmm. and it's like Percy's almost like that'd be bomb. Sign me up. Like where do I? Where's the pen? Where's the paper? I'll be immortal. But exactly. like it's something in Chiron's tone that really makes him realize that he's got to really second think it. And Chiron at this point pulls a really dirty low blow, and it's like, what if one day you are just a story about? grief and how kids can get over losing their parent. And it's like, Chiron, did you have to go there? He literally just lost his mom. This is what I'm saying. Like, to him, it's like literally the day before because he's been unconscious.
0: It's like, Grover crying. With Grover crying, Mr. D being a D. And like, Chiron too. Even Becca Yancey. Oh yeah. Like, bro. Like you don't belong here. Thank you. Yeah, keep roasting this kid. But <laughs> and he y'all... doesn't
1: he doesn't know anything and you know you know how much he knows. Exactly. Because and you are you... literally like giving him the information mm-hmm. so anything you haven't given him he doesn't know oh. so percy percy understands that he's just trying to get a rise out of him but he doesn't rise to the bait but he holds firm that he doesn't believe in gods which is when mr d chimes in again saying that he better start believing in them before one smites him grover at this point thank goodness because like he's stick he's he's again like he did with with uh mrs dodd's Biting back his fear and standing up to somebody for Percy. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, he hasn't been a super best friend, but, like, he's being a best friend right now, being like, Mr. D, please. He just lost his mother. He's in shock.
0: That's another thing. Like, after all that ordeal, there's mm, Greek gods, bro. <laughs> Greek gods. They're just very not okay.
1: And so Mr. D pretty much is, like, whatever. And complains about working this job with boys who don't even believe and he summons a goblet of wine out of thin air. Like, the light bends, and a goblet of wine shows up. And Percy, again, just like when Grover showed up at the cabin, is just struck dumb. He cannot believe what he sees. and It's just si- like magic! It's just like magic! And so Chiron, <laughs> while Percy's just, like, slack-jawed at Mr. D, Chiron reminds Mr. D about his restrictions, and Mr. D's like, whoops, with, I'm sure, as much enthusiasm as Percy had when he said, oops, about... about Uh, Gabe's Camaro (laughs) oh yeah yeah. oops Uh, and he changes the wine into Diet Coke now my question is do you think Dionysus chose Diet Coke as the drink that he always has to drink or do you think that was part of the punishment
0: cause like who chooses Diet Coke I don't think it's Diet Coke specifically I think it's just that anything but wine yeah but it's all he ever (laughs) drinks maybe he likes Diet Coke weird it's sugarless it tastes like splenda i mean if i want to i'll just put splenda and nobody wants
1: splenda and the people that do want splenda you're valid but the people that have to drink you're entitled splenda, to your yeah for
0: real you're entitled to drink that but
1: so chiron explains <laughs> but no <laughs> so no. chiron explains that mr d is punished to work for the camp for a century for chasing an off-limits wood nymph multiple times and percy's like who's your daddy And Mr. D is like, Zeus, idiot. And Percy's like, you're Dionysus, god of wine, still not getting that names have power.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: Dionysus is like, what do the kids say? Well, duh. And so (laughs) now we're going to introduce Dionysus in our first mythology breakdown.
0: (laughs) This mythology breakdown has a strong context of language that are not suitable for children. It also contains strong context of infanticide, suicide, murder, and insanity. Your discretion is advised.
1: So, Dionysus, who's also known as Bacchus, uh, I'm pretty sure he was known as Bacchus first. As
0: a mortal child. As a mortal child. Yes.
1: So, I'm going to try to blare through this because there's a lot of information. i want to get it all through. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do this. All right. Okay. So he was the son of Zeus and Semele, who was essentially a mortal Theban princess. All right. He was the only god of the 12 in the Pantheon whose parents were not both divine in one version of the story. And he was the last god to enter the 12 with Hestia, who was originally one of the 12 gods she gave up her seat because it was going to start a war amongst the gods because it would have been uneven
0: so they needed an even number of men so they needed an being. even
1: number of men and women mm-hmm. so is like you know what I'm out it's fine I'm gonna I'm just gonna you know give up my seat and Dionysus can have it
0: that's why she plays a part in the last Olympian oh shit yeah uh, I mean oh snap <laughs> well we put it in the discretion yeah. bar okay go ahead
1: So he was the god of wine, wine winemaking, and madness. So the Joker is one of his uh, is on his list of homies, like the madness part. So.
0: Oh wow. Yeah.
1: So the earliest depictions of the god show him bearded and robed and holding a fennel staff with a pine cone on top, called a thyrsus. But later images actually show him as a beardless, sensuous, naked or half-naked androgynous youth, and uh, from bear to twink, am I right? <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> so Zeus was so um. in love with Semele that he sworn River Styx anything that Semele asked for. And Hera, who was just so awesome to all of Zeus's lovers
0: oh, um, and so children, awesome.
1: oh, yeah, she is amazing. She's the best goddess in the entire world. Don't smite me. I want to get married someday. Um, she ended up placing the idea in Semele's head to ask to see Zeus in his godly form which we find out and we know that is a
0: definite no no it
1: is it will it'll get you killed it'll get you obliterated yeah in
0: Greek mythology any mortal that sees any god in their physical in their true physical form will evaporate into dust
1: oh yeah they'll get dust they'll get Thanos snapped right out of existence
0: exactly but
1: Zeus had already made the unbreakable vow shout out to Harry Potter um so he essentially had to do it what no go ahead (laughs) Go ahead. Um, so he had sworn on the river Styx, made the unbreakable vow. He had to do it. And Semele looked upon his godly form and was obliterated. But Semele was pregnant at the time. And Zeus saved the baby. And there's a couple different versions. One where he puts Dionysus unborn in mm-hmm. his side. Oh yes, I actually read that Or in his one. thigh.
0: I never heard the thigh one. I yeah. heard the one in his ribs. Well, there's one language of, we're still, we're still in that area. We're realm. still in
1: that area, okay. So, there's one where it's his side, one where it's his thigh, and then some people believe that, like, they kind of made it the thigh to not talk about the testicles, because it's also possible that he put it in, in, his, in his own testicles. Okay. You know, um, well, there's
0: a lot of testicle stories within the Greek mythology. I mean, that's how Aphrodite is born.
1: Spoiler alert for the future.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. my sugar tips. Oh,
1: gosh. So... So Zeus essentially had to do this because he was trying to hide Dionysus from Hera, so she didn't...
0: Just a regular Tuesday.
1: Yeah, just a regular
0: Tuesday. (laughs) Because Zeus is such a whore. And
1: being birthed by Zeus is what gave him his immortality in this version. So once born, Zeus had Hermes deliver Bacchus at the time to his aunt Aino and uncle Athamas and told them to raise him as a girl, kind of just like as that added protection. Like, so uh, Bacchus would essentially wear women's clothing uh, for at the time to hide him from Hera as that extra protection. But Hera, of course, (sighs) tracked him down because that's what she does. She was pretty much just looking everywhere and just had everybody looking out for it, found Bacchus. And so after briefly living with his aunt and uncle, Hera found them and sent a madness upon them. But Zeus turned Bacchus into a goat at the last second to spare him from Hera's wrath. Unfortunately, the aunt and uncle were not saved, and they killed their children. Oof. Yeah. And so afterwards, when they came to from their madness, they were so overtaken by grief, just grief-stricken, that they threw themselves off a cliff and completed suicide. Okay. Yeah. So good old wholesome Hera, and it's never the people that are actually, like, the focus that end up getting punished or anything like that. Mm Mm-mm. Never. So after his aunt and uncle died, Bacchus went and stayed with nymphs on Mount Nysa. And Percy Jackson's Greek god says, quote, "...young Bacchus became known as the godly son of Zeus who lives on Nysa, which got shortened to Dios, God, which means God, of Nysa, which eventually became his new name, Dionysus, though he was still called Bacchus, the noisy one, especially after he ate beans or cabbage, which is way more than you wanted to know." End quote. Whoa. That was all Percy Jackson's Greek gods. Nice. So a different version of his origin, real quick, uh, but one still plagued by Hera's jealousy, was that Bacchus was the child of Persephone, who was
0: oh 80's instead of wife. being
1: instead of being part mortal. Oh, yeah. he
0: was a de- he was already a, a god.
1: Yeah, uh, Persephone and Zeus. Persephone. And, yeah, Hera was actually really upset. About Zeus always stepping out and took it out on Bacchus by sending Titans, yes, the Titans, the ones they just had a huge war with,
0: to, yeah. to
1: go to Dionysus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: lure him away from Zeus and Persephone when they weren't paying attention. And rip that infant baby to shreds, like, like
0: literally to shreds. And that's where we had to do that disclaimer because there's a strong infancy in here, like dismemberment
1: and infant side. Wow! So when the parents finally realized, oh no, my child is missing, they found that everything had been devoured by the Titans, except for the heart, which was saved by Zeus and used the heart to bring Bacchus back to life. So Dionysus ended up being struck by madness later on in life by None other than step-mama Hera. Man, that woman
0: can never let go of a grudge. She just
1: cannot. he ended up wandering the world for years until he met up with Rhea, who was the wife of Kronos, who cured him of his madness. So thank you, Rhea. Bet. All right. Hera's vendetta against Dionysus eventually ended when he was the only one who could convince Hephaestus to release Hera from a trap. He had caught her in, and Hephaestus caught her in this trap because he was still salty about being thrown off Olympus mm-hmm. by Hera when he was young for being an ugly baby. <laughs> yeah. Hephaestus
0: forever.
1: Yeah. Like, so, but Dionysus, <laughs> Dionysus got Hephaestus drunk and convinced him to let her go. So Hera right. was like, fine, I wash my hands of this vendetta.
0: Yeah. So. Plus there's been a couple of eons. Ev- yeah, right. <laughs> so eventually
1: he decided to start spreading his, his, his word, his, you know, winemaking and. You know, godliness and being like, I'm a new god. I know I'm new here, but you should probably start worshipping me. And so he walked there spreading the word of his worship and the fruits of the vine and was followed by a mentor satyr named Silinus and by drunken and naked women Mm -hmm. that went by the name of maenads. His worship, however, was opposed by certain princes who worried at the duality of wine where it could bring happiness and joy or madness. Which it does.
0: Oh, hence to having, there's many types of drunks. Yes, exactly. Happy, sad, crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So, what a way to intertwine that.
1: Yeah. So on his wanderings, there's a story that at one point, some poor unfortunate souls, aka pirates, ended up seeing Dionysus walking down the beach in regal purple robes. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's a prince. We gonna kidnap this guy.
0: Oh, Lord, but you made a and mistake. And we're gonna
1: get a ransom. <laughs> so they take him onto the ship, and they're trying to tie him to the mast. Mm-hmm. But every time they try to tie the knot, it just automatically comes undone. Like, they just can't get the knot done. These are sailors. They're pirates, but they're sailors. They know how to tie a knot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I figure.
1: But this, these just aren't sticking. So the helmsman is actually like, Um, some's not right about this. I think that guy's a god. And everybody's like, Everybody turns to him and is like, "You're crazy! What are you talking about? We gonna get some fat paydays out of this guy!" Mm-hmm. And as they're turned looking at the helmsman, Dionysus turns into a lion
0: and mauls everybody. No, oh them.
1: actually they survive <laughs> in a sense. In
0: they all a turn sense?
1: A, in a sense. They all turn around and they <clears> see <throat> this huge lion standing on their deck, and they all try, they all. Abandoned ship. They dump, jump off the ship and as they hit the water, each one of them turns into a bottlenose
0: dolphin. Yeah. A dolphin. You know, and as Greek mythology stories goes, that is pretty PG compared to what other myth- Yeah, I mean... O- what other Greek gods but have you know done. What? It
1: sounds like a drunk idea. All right. It sounds like one of those ideas where you're like a little tips and you're like, dude, you know what would be really cool?
0: If they all land in the if ocean. They all just
1: became dolphins, dude. Just dolphins. Just dolphins. That would be awesome. The only person that survived, by the way, is the helmsman because he recognized Dionysus uh, for his true self. I mean,
0: I would do would. I will spare your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so eventually he returned to his mother's hometown, Thebes. Hey. And confronted his his old family, his half his half brothers and aunts and stuff like that. Uh, namely Pentheus, who ruled Thebes at the time. And Pentheus denied that Dionysus was God and pretty much refused to worship him while Dionysus was on the way. He's like, I'm not, no, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. He's not, hashtag not my God. Um, And Dionysus and the Maenads, when reaching Thebes, found the women of the royal house abandoning their posts to join the Maenads in in a... Ecstatic worship. I almost said erotic worship, and that's different, and that wasn't the same type of worship. Yeah. But <laughs> So Pentheus himself essentially, you know, he, he had, you know, imprisoned Dionysus, but he was essentially driven mad by the power eventually, and Ooh. mad by Dionysus, and he was lured out into the woods where the rest of his family, uh, the women in his family, found him, and in their drunken madness and revelry, they tore him to pieces.
0: All right, sounds lovely. And
1: P- Pentheus's family only came to later, realizing what they had done. And eventually, in his wanderings, Dionysus came upon uh, Ariadne, which we covered in another another story. Yes, was we did. The girl who helped Theseus through the labyrinth. Oh, Against yes. the Minotaur. Yes. And she, she, she was abandoned by Theseus after that. And she, there's a couple different. There's a couple different versions of why she was abandoned. It was either an accident where, like, they were all kind of, like, fleeing where they were, and, like, this, like, a, a wind god kind of, like, took them out to sea, and Ariadne Ooh. just wasn't on the boat at the time, and she got left behind, gotcha. or there, uh, Theseus lied to her and was like, I'm not gonna marry her. I'm gonna tell her I'm gonna marry her, but uh, I'm not gonna actually marry her. No. And he just pieces out and leaves her behind. But Dionysus finds her, and she's crying, and she's inconsolable, but he... He makes her feel better, and they eventually get
0: married. Oh, so he does marry her. He does marry her, and that
1: is his... He makes her immortal. And the last story, to really just wrap everything up and take it full circle, is that Dionysus is one of the only beings...
0: In the Greek mythology.
1: Mortal, monster, freaking mystical god that went to the underworld, met up with Thanatos, not Thanos...
0: (laughs) Yeah, for for a second there, I really thought.
1: (laughs) Thanatos, who is not... Hades rules the underworld, but Thanatos is the god of death. Hey, And nobody escapes Thanatos. No. It's inevitable. No. Like, death and taxes, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But facts. Yeah. Facts. He stares Thanatos down and is like, I'm taking back my mother. Hello. And Thanatos blinks. And he's like, I don't want no problems, dude. Go for it. Take her. And he takes his mom up to Olympus where she's, she makes her immortal. And she's welcomed as the mother of a god.
0: That is crazy.
1: Yeah. So that's Dionysus. And that's what I'm talking about with it being a little bit longer. But he is one of the 12 Olympians. And I feel like you should just kind of expect the Olympians to be a little bit longer because there's so much information on them. And there's so much to really get into who they are.
0: That's, yeah, that that was a big mouthful right there.
1: Chiron's going to be a little bit shorter at the end of this chapter, so. Please,
0: be, please bear with us.
1: Yeah, so back to the chapter. (laughs) So, anyway, (laughs) Percy's like, you're a god, you. And he says it with such disbelief, and Dionysus does not take kindly to this. And he shows some of the power in his eyes, including people turning into dolphins, which we covered. And essentially stares at him like, can you? This is the same guy that stared down death. And he stares at Percy like, come at me, bro. And Percy's like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, right.
0: like, what you thought? I don't want
1: any of that. So Chiron wins the game. Hey, remember they're playing Pinnacle? Because um, I didn't.
0: And I totally forgot they were. Yeah. Nah, no, I knew, I
1: knew. <laughs> I forgot. Like, when no, but that the mythology,
0: there, no, the mythology breakdown, it just took you. It took you and you took, ran. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it was interesting. It was very intuitive. I didn't even know there was many versions of his story like that.
1: I didn't either until I started looking into him. Um, I knew about the, the thing in the side, the birth in the side, but I didn't know yeah, about the, the in Persephone a side. thing. Yeah. yeah,
0: like I didn't know his Seuss's wife was also his daughter.
1: Yeah. Persephone. Um, That's nasty. So, Chiron wins the pinnacle game and Mr. D... Percy thinks Mr. D's going to be mad, but he's like, Ugh, I'm taking a nap. But first... I got to talk to Grover about his less than awesome performance on his last test, like on his last... So mission. I'll catch
0: you guys later. Pretty
1: much. So he takes he takes Grover away, and Chiron assures Percy that Grover will be okay, and that Dionysus is just kind of grumpy and wants to get back to Olympus, and probably to his wife, which is where his wife is, um, and which is another shock for Percy. Chiron explains that Mount Olympus, the convergence points for the gods' power, moves just like the gods do. Because mm. he's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, he's like, yeah, it goes with Western civilization. And you see, he says, like, you see the gods move with the heart of Western civilization. It's it's a living force that is made of metachlorians. And the metachlorians.
0: No, uh, 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 no Star Wars reference. Okay. <laughs> Yo. So it's
1: a force that's so <laughs> interwoven with the gods and their power. So unless Western civilization is destroyed, the gods cannot be destroyed, so they can't die. They're immortal, truly, as long as Western civilization survives. And Chiron says after Greece... Foreshadowing. (laughs) Chiron says after Greece, the gods move to Rome and is given new names and identities under the Witness Protection Program. Um, And some of them don't fare too well, but some of them do get translated over pretty well. Uh, And Percy's like, after that, They died, right? And Chiron's like... ...died? No. Did the West die? The gods simply moved to Germany, to France, to Spain for a while. Wherever the flame was brightest, the gods were there. They spent several centuries in England. All you need to do is look at the architecture. People do not forget the gods. Every place they've ruled for the last 3000 years, you can see them in paintings and statues on the most important buildings. And yes, Percy, of course, they are now in your United States. Look at a symbol, the eagle of Zeus. Look at the statue of Prometheus in Rockefeller Center. The Greek facades of your government buildings in Washington. I defy you to find any American city where the Olympians are not prominently displayed in multiple places. Like it or not, and believe me, plenty of people weren't very fond of Rome either. America is now the heart of the flame. It is the great power of the West. And so, Olympus is here. And we are here. And I had to read that because, you can't say it. Any better than Chiron says it right there. No, yeah, I
0: mean, honestly. And it's a lot truly, of lore, but like, truly.
1: Percy really takes all that in. He's listening and he shares my sentiment That's like, this is all too much. Still so much for him to process all at once and he literally had zero time to process. Especially because all of this craziness, he's included in it. Like, he's part of it.
0: But he still don't know how important he, he is. He
1: doesn't. He has no idea. Because nobody's telling him. Not um, a single fuck. <laughs> so he's overwhelmed and he asks a pretty existential question he's like who are you who am I and Kyron's like yeah I kind of want to know that too and he, he moves as if he's going to get up and says that he'd like to know who Percy is and for now they should get Percy to a cabin 11
0: and still keeping that kid in so much shadow
1: right and it's like come on man but then he does get out of his wheelchair but not, but in a different way than Percy expected Uh, The wheelchair essentially has an undetectable extension charm on it. And Chiron, half-horse, half-man, removes his horse body from the container wheelchair. And he's described as a white stallion with the body of a Latin teacher and the neck where a horse's head would be. And his body is uh, is What color is his body? White. Like a stallion? He's a white stallion.
0: Mm. Very different from the brown horse that we saw in the movie.
1: Oh, yeah. He's he's a white stallion, just like Bill and Ted's band. We're supposed to be the white stallions. Nice. Thank you. I'm glad I got that one in there. So now we're gonna introduce Chiron.
0: Our second mythology breakdown. Please, I assure you, this one is short. Please bear with us.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit shorter, and it's if you made it this far, I mean, at least you're learning about mythology.
0: Real mythology.
1: Real mythology. Okay. Not that what Rick Riordan doesn't use...
0: Real mythology, either. He does. He does. He
1: has, like, and I try to include his versions.
0: So. But something to always note, there's a lot of versions and variations of the same story in mythology, so we just choose the ones that are more exciting for you guys to listen. So listen up! So listen to Chiron. Chiron is the son of Philira and... Cronos. Ooh. So Cronos. titan. Oh,
1: yeah. Cronos apparently... Uh, Passed womanizing in animal forms down to his son, Zeus, because he hit his affair with Phileera, who was a sea nymph oh. uh, from his wife, Rhea, by turning into a horse. And so the half horse, half man was born, Chiron. Gotcha. Uh, so that's kind of also why Chiron looks like a centaur. He's not necessarily a centaur, but like he's, a lot of the other centaurs aren't, the same way as Chiron. Chiron oh, so is he's, smarter.
0: Oh, he's more unique.
1: Yeah, Chiron, he's smarter than his, his centaur brethren who are mainly followers of Dionysus, essentially being drunken and prone to riotous behavior. I'm looking at you, party
0: ponies. Yeah. With your foam hands. could even handle your stuff together in New York, huh? Right, with your root beer. Anyway, yeah. Chiron
1: tutored and trained such heroes as Achilles, who was a hero of the Trojan War, oh
0: yeah, uh,
1: Asclepius, a son of Apollo, and Jason, who led the Argonauts, and
0: wait, we talk about Jason like Jason and the Golden Fleece, yes, oh, Jason
1: the Argonauts, who oh. Hercules uh, sailed with, and Chiron also tutored Hercules and trained Hercules.
0: We're quick in their mythologies even when you read. The Jason and Golden Fleece mythology mm. and vice versa. Yeah, when you read the the Hercules, they intertwine. I love it. The, that the brief moment where, cause in, ooh, it's too much. It's too it's, much. It's a lot. It, yeah, yeah. We'll get. We'll talk about that after the episode.
1: Exactly. Um, so speaking of Hercules, he ended up in a scuffle with a group of centaurs that Chiron was actually visiting with. So Chiron went to visit his brethren. And kind of being like, hey, how's it going? I'm Chiron, you know, handling Hercules. Hercules is there. And uh, one of the centaurs is like, you know, feasting him and stuff like that. And Herc's like, this is nice and all, but where's the wine? Mm. And the one was like trying to be like sober. But Herc's like, I can't eat without wine. Give me wine. So he's like, all right, he brings out some wine. But then all the other centaurs smell the wine. And they start drinking, and they get drunken. And then one of the... Uh, they're not
0: like Hercules. No. They get twisties.
1: One of the centaurs, not the one that was hosting Hercules, and not Chiron, ends up stealing Hercules' wife. So Hercules starts busting heads. He starts shooting arrows that are dipped in hydro poison. And one of them, one of those arrows, ends up going astray and hitting Chiron.
0: Oh, yeah. And Hydra
1: Venom is deadly. highly poisonous. It is deadly. Like It
0: might kill gods.
1: It, it doesn't kill Chiron, though.
0: No.
1: What ends up with Chiron, because he's immortal, he can't die. He's just in unending, unyielding, excruciating pain at all times. Say that one more time. Unending, <laughs> unyielding, excruciating pain at all times. One more time. Unending, unyielding, <laughs> excruciating pain, pain at all, all times.
0: times. <laughs> I love it. Thank I love you. it. So, oh man.
1: <laughs> so Herc actually feels really bad about this, and this actual art altercation years down the roads after his twelve labors ends up being like the focal point that actually ends Hercules' life later. Ooh, but for yeah. now. Chiron is in this horrible pain and Hercules suggests to him because he was his mentor. He was his tutor.
0: Kind of his fault. He's dying Yeah,
1: Yeah, like, he didn't mean to because the arrow went astray and it hit Chiron. Yeah. So the only way for Chiron to really be released from this is to essentially go to Tartarus, hey. which strips him of his immortality. Mm. And he willingly takes Prometheus' place on the rock where Prometheus has his curse of having his liver eaten every day by a vulture or an eagle. One of the two. Um,
0: A vulture or an eagle?
1: Yeah, one of them. Comes down and literally eats out his liver. And so, essentially, Chiron's like, I volunteer his tribute!
0: Hello, that's what's (whistles) up.
1: (laughs) And he puts himself on the rock. And because he's not immortal anymore... They, it eats his liver, and he dies he 's finally able to die, which ends his pain and Zeus essentially sends him to the stars, and he becomes the new constellation centaurus they were very they were very big on that back in the day of oh yeah, the making people 's constellations yes. yeah so but eventually, because he was needed as um
0: a teacher yeah as a
1: teacher, they do bring him back.
0: Oh yeah, they
1: do resurrect him. So, yeah, and you. that's part of the premise of you know why he's alive in the Percy Jackson series because they wanted they needed him back to train heroes.
0: Boom, and that was that the was mythology breakdown for centaurs, for AKA Chiron.
1: A- for Chiron specifically,
0: Chiron. Chiron specifically,
1: Chiron specifically, not Chiron specifically.
0: And with that also ends this week's chapter, chapter five. I played pinnacle with a horse.
1: And get ready for next week's chapter six, I become Supreme Lord of the Bathroom, where luckily yeah. there is no there's no mythology breakdown. Oh danger. Yeah.
0: So this this is cool because you bear if you bear with us this long, that means next week you're gonna be breezy, easy, lemon squeezy. And it'll be a little bit shorter of an episode. So now your thoughts on this chapter.
1: My thoughts on this chapter, they're very frustrated. My thoughts I just I dislike like, we've read the Harry Potter series yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. And when there is a child who's 12, I cannot stress that enough. He's 12... 12- He's going through all these things. He has literally Hello. zero time to process. Hello. And they're literally not telling him anything. And
0: then they, they, they get mad at him. They expect him to know all this stuff. And they
1: like, be- Dionysus and Chiron kind of belittle him for not knowing anything. They shame him by... Chiron's like, oh, the orientation film will not be su- sufficient. And it's like, no, because he doesn't know anything.
0: He didn't even know Demi-Dos existed you, until like literally two days ago. Dude, you taught him for a year. You know what he knows. Oh, no, sorry. Six months to be exact. Okay? That's a school year right there. A school year. Okay.
1: Still six months.
0: That's nothing. And what gets gets on my nerves about this chapter in particular is that why are you snapping at this kid for? For what? All right? Oh, I'm sorry. How about congratulating him for beating a damn minotaur? And surviving. For a first year camper. Not even
1: trained. He wasn't even training. You know what training he had? His mom saying, hey, at the last second, jump left or right.
0: Because they, they have bad eye coronation. Like, and
1: and they can't turn. That's all the training Percy's had so far.
0: I just love it. I love it. Like It drives how, me crazy. How dare you? Such entitlement. It
1: drives me crazy.
0: All right. Do you have any questions today, this week?
1: Um. No, I did not. I did not prepare any questions for the lightning bolt round, which is all fine right. because that... that Mythology breakdown was, was kinda long. No,
0: that that took us. We had to make a decision. Yeah. So no questions today. Any letters? No. Uh but if you do have an
1: iris message you would like to send us, please, with your fan story, send it to Olympus Radio Podcast at gmail dot com.
0: All right. Now it is time for the plugs. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. If you like what you heard and want to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Olympus Radio Podcast.
1: You can also find us on Twitter at Olympus underscore radio and any fan stories or emails that you want to send us, you can send to Olympus Radio Podcast at gmail.com.
0: We're also hosted on Anchor at anchor.fm slash Olympus dash radio. You can also find us on Spotify or any podcast platform by searching Olympus Radio in the search bar. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the podcast, because it helps people
1: find us and gets us to the top of the charts. I'm Lucas. And I'm Haley.
0: And this is Olympus Radio. May May the the gods gods be with you. you.